Liberty Automotive Hour. I'm your host, Lewis Alvan, with special guest host Josh Wilson, the automatic transmission guru from AGCO. And between two of us, we'll try to answer any automotive questions you may have. Just give That's us a call. Right. Good morning. There you go. 291-6901, live and in person. That's right. As opposed to a lot of times yeah. that we're not. <laughs> Got me back in for another show. There you go. Well, we had a very, very good response the last time you were on the show from folks who emailed in and all with questions. Well, you know, I didn't realize that this was an automatic transmission guy and da-da-da-da-da, didn't get my questions answered. So if you have any question about a transmission or something like that, you give us a call. Today is a perfect day because Josh can answer that for you. And if for some reason you have a question about anything else, obviously we don't stick to a certain topic. We can mu- right. we'll, muddle through anything else we'll you got. we try gotta. to get through any, <laughs> any other area of the automobile that we can. There you go. On our last live show, Right at the end of the show, a gentleman called in, and he mentioned flushing an automatic transmission. Right. And we have talked about this before, but it's one of those topics that it just doesn't seem to want to go away. It doesn't. You still have people come in and ask for a flush. Just to kind of touch on that, the proper service for most transmissions is is always going to be to remove the pan, remove the filter, and put a new filter, new filter seal or gasket, whichever it takes, and put your pan back up and put the correct fluid back in it. Right. Now, obviously, there are some transmissions today that don't have a pan, a removable pan, or right. easily removable pan, like a lot of your Honda products. And Correct. A lot of the Honda ones do not have a pan at all. The only way to do a filter on those is to take the transmission out and completely disassemble it. So and that's obviously not, not practical. practical. So all you can do is drain and fill. Right, and we generally recommend a double drain and right. fill. Right, you drain it, fill it, go drive it, run it through all the gears, and repeat the process. Drain right, and, and it. that cleans the filter to the degree it can be clean. And with that type of a vehicle, obviously, it's important not to allow the filter to become restricted. Right, once the filter is restricted, it's, that's pretty much the end of it. Right, it's too little too late to try to come back and service it there. Yes. Once it's happened, it, you're into pretty much a transmission replacement. Let's go to our phone lines. We've got Justin on the line. Good morning, Justin. Yes, sir. I got a oil A to E in a 96 GMC truck, and it does good for about five minutes. It warms up, and you lose. Reverse, forward, everything. I drop the pan, and it's spotless. Wow. Yeah, if, if, if there's no debris in the pan, it, I was fixing to go to plugged filter, but if that's not the case, you're going to have to put a pressure gauge on there and see exactly what's going on. That does run off of a electronic pressure control solenoid and whether or not that solenoid is bad or whether the computer is not sending the correct signal to that solenoid is is going to determine which area you have to go to see that transmission computer uses several different inputs uh, inputs to to tell it how much pressure you need all the way down to a mass airflow sensor could be bad not allowing the computer to give you enough pressure to the transmission. So you really need to put a pressure gauge on it, have somebody run codes, make sure there's no codes in it, and just kind of have to put your gauge on it and go from there. Yeah, see why it's it's doing that. If it's not getting a command, there's something on the outside of transmission. If it's getting a command or if it's got full pressure and it's loose, then you got something inside the unit. So. The the fix is going to be get an idea for I tore it down. Well, pressure <laughs> yeah, gauge. Don't, yeah, don't, <laughs> do not once, when you tear it down, all diagnosis ends. That's right. So right. you could take it out, take it apart, totally rebuild it, put it in, and still have the same exact problem. That's right. You're right. And we've seen that. Yep. I can't tell you how many times. 
that and and you cannot look over overlook the battery and voltage i mean yeah. this could be i fixed a, a zuzu rodeo one time that was doing the same thing it was slipping it just would not pull put a gauge on it wasn't getting any pressure and it was all right there at the negative battery cable couldn't get the 12 volts to the yeah, uh, I mean, transmission just the cable had wicked up enough acid from an old battery and inside it looked good it looked fine looking at it but if you did a voltage drop test across you were dropping about three volts split the insulation back and it's just full old white stuff that you couldn't see inside so i mean just any little thing but you got to start with a pressure test to see if you're inside or outside and then you know where to start looking gotcha. all righty all right all right Justin. thanks man Thank bye-bye all right, going back to our phone lines, we have Josh online. Good morning, Josh. Hey, good morning, guys. Yes, sir. I did have a question for you. Okay. Two things. We've got a 2008 Ford F-150, and it's got 210,000 miles on it. Okay. And first off, I'm starting to notice that I have a little bit of a shudder when the transmission goes into lockup. Mm-hmm. I was going to ask what the life expense of that transmission would be. That, that transmission has been known to get upwards of, I had one that went, 380,000 miles. Actually, I had bought the truck with yeah. high mileage. In fact, the, uh, the owner brought it in with a shutter complaint yeah. and decided because he had so many miles, he would just get rid of the truck. And Josh bought it, yeah. service transmission, and yeah, yeah, <laughs> put, put another 180,000 miles on it. <laughs> yes, it, right. it's well, capable. See, and then, you know, then here is the second question is, I'm almost thinking that it's a torque converter because it sounds rough whenever you... Or right. at a stoplight, and then you take off, and you just barely go into it, and it just kind of right. shakes right. and shudders, and then makes a whole bunch of noise. But my um, second question was going to be is, how do I diagnose that myself, it being either the transmission or the torque converter, and then should I buy a remanufactured transmission and a better torque converter, or try to rebuild this current transmission? That, you know, a whole lot of variables that go into that. The first thing that you want to do is do a service because when that fluid breaks down that torque converter will start shuttering a lot of that and then i've owned the truck since 2009 and and i've been having it serviced every 50,000 miles you might want to make sure they're putting the correct fluid in there as well because if if the wrong um, fluid buy my fluid from ford and Mm -hmm. then i have somebody else drop the pan and change the filter Mm -hmm. with that high of (laughs) mileage i would probably lean towards buying a reman from ford okay that will give you the best, the fastest return, a really, really good warranty. I think they're given three-year unlimited, I believe. Three-year unlimited right, mileage. Right. I mean, that's going to be your, your fastest, easiest way out. To well, have if somebody, the torque converter is breaking down, it's probably spewed a lot of metal and stuff throughout the rest of the unit. And transmission with that many miles, not that it can't go further, but it's, it's like doing a heart transplant on a man 90 years old. Yeah. Right, right, right. Right. What you're going to run into is all kind of wear in the case in the valve body that you – Somebody would have to go in with a reamer, open it up, and then re-sleeve it. And, and that's going to be just really throughout the whole transmission. There, there's going to be a lot of tooling that has to be done. Right. See, now, I was talking to a mechanic down here, and he said that you can buy a little bit better built torque converter than what Ford provides for that engine. Depends on how much money I mean, you want to spend. I don't yeah, know who to all, believe. I mean, you know, because yeah. I've got 210,000 miles on right. the original engine and transmission. Right. So, Right. If Before, I could buy it again from Ford and get another two hundred ten thousand exactly. miles out of it, that, I'm going to be happy. Yeah, and I mean there right. are torque converters. You can, you can spend probably two grand on a torque converter if you want to. Right. I mean there are torque converters right. for racing applications. Every, yeah, so I mean just unlimited, just limited only by the money you can spend. 
but it's right. how much is enough? You know, is the rest of the truck going to go more than 210000 more? And well, are you going to want to drive it? That's kind of where I'm at, too. Mm-hmm. You know, this is my dream truck, and I've and it's been really, really good to me. I know a lot of people said that there's been a lot of trouble with the 543 valves, and mm-hmm. I've had absolutely no issues. I know yeah. we're not supposed to mention brands on the air, but I've been using Mobile One right. units since day one. Yeah. You know, and I've had had any issues with it. Well, so yeah, as long as you take care of them, you get a lot more than than a guy who doesn't for certain. That's right. 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 You know. But uh, yeah, I agree with Josh on that. I think it's awful hard to argue with the results you've already gotten, and if you can get that again, I think the most cost effective thing you could do is buy a Ford Reman, put it in because you could probably do the work yourself or have someone do it at a very low cost. You've got a yeah. very good warranty on it. The only, only thing I might would suggest is if. The, whoever does it does not have the wherewithal to thoroughly, thoroughly flush that transmission cooler, you might want to look at replacing the radiator while you're there, especially okay. if it's the original okay. radiator in the vehicle, right. because all the debris yeah. from that transmission is going to be in that cooler on the on radiator. Most of the repeat failures we see is because someone didn't address that cooler properly. All right. That's well, right. Oh, okay. I mean, you know, that actually gives me pretty good I lean forward to you know go ahead and do what i wanted to do mm-hmm. a couple of weeks ago so um i do appreciate it guys. all right okay thank you all right thanks Josh. thank you bye-bye all right two nine one sixty nine oh one is the number i think we can squeeze one more call in before the break we got steve online good morning steve hey Lewis. yes sir my wife got a little hhr 06 mm-hmm. took it in for uh inspection and they failed on a said uh well, I had the number here, and I'm not off. <laughs> it's the code was a P O O sixteen, I think. Something to do with the camshaft. Local guy over here, and he said it might be the. Well, he thinks it is the cam actuator. Yeah, it could be. And uh, I just I never heard. He's talking about having to go into the engine and all. Now, little car running great. I, well, I now the that. actuator is on the outside, and that can be changed real easy. There's two of them on there. I would change both of them. But now, if he's talking about the mechanism, the actuator turns. Yes, that is inside the engine. The big thing there, that is certainly one thing that can set that code, but you want to make absolutely sure of the diagnosis just because something like a loose wire somewhere could set the same code. Anything to do with the oil, if you push the oil change out too much, can set that code. So there's lots and lots of things. I mean, I guess my question to him is, do you guarantee me this is going to resolve this problem? Yes, yeah. no. And if he says, well, no, I, well, then you got to get another diagnosis right. somewhere. That's why, I was, that's why I'm calling you. <laughs> yeah, I would certainly. I usually use you, but I'm not in Baton Rouge, and it's a kind of trouble for me to get over there. Yeah, but... well, I would just simply ask him, do you absolutely guarantee me this is going to fix this problem? Yeah. And if he says, yeah, no doubt, I, would, yeah. I guarantee it, and if it doesn't, I'll fix whatever it is for the same price. Right. Well, then that's one thing, but you don't want someone who's guessing because you can run out of money before he runs out of guesses. Oh, yeah, he's talking about a thousand dollars yeah going to that engine I yes mean, and man, i gotta say so great i hate to even consider yeah, that there are some problems that would involve that on the sprocket itself where it changes cam time but there's also actuators on the outside i think there's an intake and an exhaust actuator and those can be changed from the outside i mean less than an hour labor yeah. and fairly inexpensive parts but now obviously if that's not the problem it wouldn't it's a moot point yeah. but I just want to know how he arrived at that diagnosis. He's saying it's stuck, and if I rove it around a while, it might come. See, the car sits a lot. It doesn't have 17000 Yeah, well, that's horrible on that particular vehicle. Yeah, I would probably try. You know, there's. I'm not big on engine oil additives and stuff. There's a product called Marvel Mystery Oil that yeah, I've well, had. Yeah, I, I, I suggested that, too. Yeah, I've had pretty good luck with that. I mean, I would add a little bit of that to the oil. I'd drive it around. I'd probably start changing that oil real, real frequently. 
I mean, as low a mileage as you put on, I'd probably change it every three months without regard to the mileage and see if the code goes away before I went and spent that much money because if it's stuck, it may free up. It's worth a try if it's still running good. Now, I don't know how far you are from your inspection sticker. If you don't live in the five-parish area, it may not even be an issue to you. But if it's not affecting – Yeah, ascension is under that as well. But, you know, I would certainly try to clean it up and get it unstuck first. I mean, what you got to lose? Right. That's what I suggested, too. Well, I already had him change the oil. Mm -hmm. Yeah, do that. And, again, kind of because you're putting such low miles on it, I would probably, like, every three months, I'd just go ahead and change the oil. All changes are cheap, man, compared to engine repairs. And all has detergent in it. And, like I said, you want to put a little Marvel Mystery Oil or something like that in there, I don't think it can hurt anything. Could possibly help free it up. But, I mean, that's the route I would take. And, right. and then just see if, if the code persists, then you got to go to plan B. Right. Yeah. Get well, it out and drive uh, is it. Any way I would know that it's the only way you know if it's corrected itself is to have it inspected again? Well, the code, the light may go off. I don't know how okay. that particular code is configured. Some of them, the light will go off if the problem corrects itself. Oh, okay. Some of them yeah. it won't. But, I mean, worst case scenario, driving around two or three months, if the light's still on, go get a check. And if he says, hey, yeah, it's, it's done, it's, it's not there, it's in history now, then clear it out and see. But if you could put some highway miles on it, you know, right. get in it, go down to Mittendorf, get you some fried catfish or something, yeah. uh, try to put some highway miles, that would help as well. Okay. That's what, I, that's what I'm going to try then. Okay. All right. I just wanted a second opinion. I'll bring it to you if it ends up stuck with a, yeah. it won't correct itself. Yeah. Okay, Steve. But, uh, you know, I had the car in there a couple of years ago and done a general on it. Not a bad idea, particularly on something that sits up a lot like that. Yeah. All right. Well, All right. thank you, Lewis. Okay. Thanks, man. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right, we're going to take a quick little break. We'll be right back if with a whole lot more. Ever plan to motor west? Welcome. I am the great fondue, automobile fortune teller. Sit. I'm hoping you can tell me if I have any big car repairs looming in my future. Ah, I see you among many cars, stopping and going. Yeah, Baton Rouge traffic. Now you're making a left turn. Hands, ten and two. Nice form. Uh, thanks? Now you're stopped at a light. Look, you're just naming things I do every day. I want to know if my car is going to break down anytime soon. If you're hoping to gaze into your car's future, AGCO suggests bringing in your vehicle once a year for a general inspection. AGCO gives you an honest opinion on the maintenance needed to keep your car running and save you money on big repairs in the future. Craig Fondue, you should try another profession instead of a car fortune teller. Well, I was a mechanic at one of those quickie lube places, and believe me, I'm actually a better fortune teller. Well, that's scary. Keep your car on the road longer. Schedule your general inspection today at Agco Automotive. Agco, it's the place to go. Ever plan to motor west? Hey, welcome back. If you just join us, the Automotive Hour. I'm your host, Louis Aldazan, with Mr. Josh Wilson, our automatic transmission guru from Agco. If you got a question or a comment about the show, why don't you give us a call? Our number is 291 6901. Of course, if you're outside of the local calling area, add a 225 to that. You can reach us from anywhere you might be. That's right. And just give us a call. And as we've said before, any time we're talking about any specific topic, you're not limited to that. If you have a question about your air conditioner or whatever, you give us a call. We'll be glad to. Glad to try to help you out. Help you out with that in the as well. right direction. Mm-hmm. But we were talking before about the services and such as that, and the transmissions that do not have a removable filter are easily removable filter. And I don't know, like there's one little GM's. Is it a little terrain? Yeah, the GM six speed front yeah. wheel drive is a encased 
transmission now with no pan on the bottom. There's a pan in the front that has the valve body, but the filter is still inside the case area. So mm-hmm. that is also a drain and fill type unit. And we were kind of touching on the flushing. And, you know, the downside to flushing is when you hook up at the cooler lines and you're just circulating fluid through it, there's one flush machine. And mm-hmm. you would have to trust that they're putting all the changing out the fluid with the factory recommended fluid in that machine and that the other downside is that it's just circulating with detergents with cleaners right. and all that's doing is stirring up anything and sending it right straight to the filter well and inside the transmission you've got a pump which is drawing fluid in through the filter and the majority at an idle, the majority of that fluid is probably dumping right back into the pan through the bypass because the pump can produce way more pressure than the transmission needs, certainly at an idle. Absolutely. So it's just pumping it around in a circle. It's not really flowing through the transmission at all. No, it, it leaves the pump and goes straight to pressure regulator valve, and that's going to dump off straight everything back. that it doesn't need. Now, there's also circuits for the clutches. There's circuits for the cooler. There's circuits for the torque converter, lubrication, right. and so on. So... What you're doing is taking the fluid out of one of these five or six different circuits, Correct. which is a cooler circuit, and running that, emptying that out, putting fresh fluid on the return line, dumping it back in the pan with the dirty fluid, Right. going back through the pump, most of it's dumping right back in the pan. So you're not getting anywhere close to 100% of the fluid no. replaced, no matter what they tell you. No, it's not. It, it cannot back flush. As we were saying, the pump is driven directly off of the torque converter, off of the engine. It's turning one way. It's not. There's, yeah, you can't make the engine run backwards. There's no way to back flush. No. So it's all going into the pan, into the filter, into the pump. And anything that it stirs up or, or loosens up is going into the filter. It's going into the filter, and you're going to leave there with less fluid flow through that filter than you started off right probably a more restricted filter than you had before and this is the reason why most of the manufacturer gm came out with a very strongly worded bulletin to their dealers and says do not flush our transmissions period yes yes, don't do it a lot of them have that was a real real big item i guess 10 15 years ago Mm -hmm. and it's been phased out but we still have those you know, I guess from all the mail outs and all the advertisement of the flushes, we still have people coming in wanting to get it flushed. Right. Well, and again, the reason, the whole reason behind the flush thing was that it was very, very profitable to the right. shop. They did not need an ATEC. They could take a BTEC. He could just connect this little machine, walk off and do other billable work right. while the machine was doing it, come back, hook it back up and collect a big old right. charge There's, you're saving on that and you're saving on inventory because if, no I mean, if you go in the back of our shop and you know, we have a big big room you know just completely full of filters gaskets different fluids we have to have everything on hand to do the job and you take all of that inventory out and you're, you're saving a good bit of money right and so it was a very very profitable thing to the shop shop did a hard sale on the customers right. but the issue is not only is it not better than a proper service it's not nearly as good right it, it's not like okay well we'd like to do this but no it's, it's not as good and can damage the transmission so correct you never ever want anything with the word flush on it that's right oh yeah i mean that's, that's one of the red flag words yeah if, if a word flush comes up i always say well put the word wallet in front of wallet flush yeah because it's not going to do the job you a proper service 
is what you want, not a flush. And we'll talk a little bit more about that. Let's catch our another phone call. We got John line. Good morning, John. Good morning, sir. I've got a question about a 2003 Honda Civic. It's my son's car. Okay. I'll tell you what the problem is, and I'll tell you what we've been, what we have done. Okay. He called me the other day, but this has been a couple of weeks ago. Dad said it's overheat. I said, are there any leaks? He said, I don't know. So he got under the car, mm-hmm. and it looked like the water pump was leaking because the water was dripping out of the time of chain case. Okay. I mean, the case on the bottom. Mm-hmm. So we replaced the water pump, and the leak quit. But the original problem that he was having was that he was losing coolant, and it was backing up into the reservoir, mm-hmm. okay? and But he couldn't find any other leaks. So once we replaced the water pump, he's still having the same problem. Right. So I told him, I said, go get a kit to see if there's any hydrocarbons in your coolant. Mm-hmm. So he went and he did the test. He did it twice and said no hydrocarbons in his coolant, okay? And so I don't, I'm don't. i at a loss. I don't know. Yeah, the, the hydrocarbon test, it's actually a CO2 test is what it is, John. Okay. And if it comes back positive, you definitely have a problem. If it comes right. back negative, does not mean you don't have a problem. Uh, okay. They are very, very inconclusive. I have seen where I've run that test four or five times, came back negative every time, but I knew it had to be the head gas, torn down, the gas is blown big as the devil. Okay. So okay. very likely if it overheated a few times, Hondas are sort of notorious for that. If you ever had the head off of a Honda, you don't have a deck on top. The cylinders come up and seat directly against the head. Okay. In fact, when you pull that head, you look down to the water jackets. And okay. it allows those cylinders to move around a little bit when they get hot. It's a great mm-hmm. engine, great design, but they don't like overheating. So I think what I would do is I would probably pay somebody to do a full pressure test on the engine, which is probably more than what you can be able to do yourself, because it's not yeah. going to cost a whole lot just to make sure it's not something stupid that's getting overlooked. But so if, you're, press, you're putting pressure on the coolant system. Correct. Correct. For a long okay. period of time. And beyond that, okay. you can add a fluorescent dye to the system, and that can pick up leaks that you can't see with your eye because it'll leave a dye, just like you do on an air conditioner, it'll do, leave a dye trail. So okay. I would just want to make absolutely sure that there is no leak that I'm overlooking. And if not, then I would say the odds are pretty high it's going to be a head gasket. I've had better luck when I do the hydrocarbon or the CO2 test to drain some of the fluid out of the radiator and run it about, oh, a quarter too low to leave, make an air gap on top of the radiator. There's don't fill the reservoir and let the radiator go down. And then go ahead and do the test then because that will allow that gas to accumulate more. When the radiator is completely full, it has less chance of accumulating right. in there. Okay, so, that makes sense. And if yeah. it comes okay. back positive, one single positive is done. You know, that is the problem. But a bunch of negatives doesn't necessarily mean it's not a problem. I've been – fool with that so another, many times okay let me ask another mm-hmm. stupid question and i've heard this before and i just this is just out of the blue is it possible that his radiator cap could not be uh, holding enough pressure and that's what's keeping yes. the coolant be, being pulled from the reservoir yes very okay. easily and i mean a honda radiator caps about 20 bucks so yeah. it's really that's almost it's yeah. almost yeah. silly not to do that and just try yeah. it uh, i mean there yeah. are cap testers and all that you also want to inspect the area in the neck, make sure that that's nice and where it can seal against it. There's no corrosion or nick or something okay. in there. But, yes, that could definitely cause it. And, you know, okay. where I, I saw a guy one time put a set of head gaskets on a Ford because of a bad radiator cap, and it was just a flaw in his logic. He was pressure testing the system. He couldn't come up with anything. So he said, well, it's got to be the head gasket. I can't find anything else. But what it was, he had the cap off when he was pressure testing. 
<laughs> he didn't test the cap, and he put head gas. He still had the same problem. Didn't change the cap and fix it, so he yeah. felt kind of silly. I mean, it sounds yeah. funny when you say it that way, but it's just a flaw in logic. You know, he he right. wasn't thinking yeah. he had yeah. the cap off when he was testing. Yeah. So yeah. certainly, okay. yeah, I would I would definitely try that first. I mean, okay, because right. there's Good. no way I'd put a head gas without putting a cap anyway. Yeah. I mean, yeah. It, it would get a cap yeah. and a thermostat regardless. You know. Yeah, we're going to try that and see what happens. Mm-hmm. I got another quick question. Okay. 15 Tundra with a 4.6 liter, mm-hmm. 76,000 miles on it. When should I be looking at rear end fluid change, transmission fluid change, and coolant change? Yeah. Do you ever tow anything with it? No, nah, not really. And this is probably 95% highway miles right. between 65 and 80. Yeah, I would yeah. be doing transmission right now. I mean, okay. I, I like doing yeah. around 50. Yeah, okay. that okay. for some reason that is one of the ones. I don't know if you were listening earlier. No, we have no. been getting some of the tundras in with a torque converter shutter, and it's usually bad. at you know one hundred and ten, one hundred and twenty thousand miles, and they start shuttering, right. and it's never been serviced. I definitely would try to keep a fifty thousand mile service maintenance yeah. on that. Service a couple hundred right. bucks, and transmission four thousand. So yeah, and that one does have a, a replaceable filter. Yeah, college so you. Yeah. Okay. So when you service that transmission, you're drained. The Drop the pan, the filter. replace filter. Drop the pan, replace the filter. If you call Toyota, they're going to tell you it's a metal screen. More than likely, they're going to tell you that. And it is not. It is a Dacron material filter. It needs okay. to be replaced. So just tell okay. them. If they tell you it's a screen, tell them just go ahead and order me one anyway. Okay. <laughs> so, okay. so you can get it <laughs> or bring it to us. Now, that one does not have a dipstick or a tube, so you're going to have to have a way to fill it from underneath. Okay. And you have okay. to fill, check it at a certain temperature with a check plug. Uh, well, the only problem the only problem I've ever had with the transmission is that when we had this really, really, really cold weather this year, mm-hmm. until it warmed up, it was like it didn't want to shift into overdrive. And then finally it would shift, and then it would be fine. Yeah, yeah that well, was probably it, computer just telling it to yeah, do it, that because it wants it to get warmed up. Yeah, it locks okay. it out of overdrive until it gets to a certain uh, temperature. Okay, 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 guys. Look, thank you all so much all right. for the information. Yes, sir. Yeah, have a Sounds good great. Weekend. Thank you. Right, bye-bye. Bye. All right, one more quick little break, and we'll be right back with a whole lot more. So, Madame Babushka, you can tell if my brand-new bow and mirror are a good match? Yes. As I gaze into my crystal ball, I see him over a grill. And now he's on a couch watching football, eating a large plate of meat. Meat? Yes, no veggies. Now I see him on a boat, fishing, and then on a deer stand. Fishing and hunting? Yes, I'm afraid so. Wouldn't it be great if you could look into your car's future to see the road ahead? At AGCO, you can. Take your car to AGCO once a year for a general inspection. It's the best way to catch any potential problems that could lead to bigger repairs down the road. Ah, it looks like all this man wants to do is watch sports, hunt, fish, and grill. Oh, Madame Babushka, I love all those things. He sounds perfect. Thank you so much. Huh, c'est la vie. My work here is done. Keep your car on the road longer. Schedule your general inspection today at Agco Automotive. Agco, it's the place to go. Hey, welcome back. If you just join us, the Automotive Hour. I'm your host, Louis Alzan. Got Mr. Josh Wilson right here in the co-pilot seat. We appreciate you spending your Saturday morning with us. And if you got a question or a comment, you give us a call, 291-6901. Going back to the phone lines with Stephanie. Good morning, Stephanie. Hey, Stephanie, you there? I think we've lost Stephanie. If you call back, we'll put you right up to the top of the list. And we've got Randy online. Good morning, Randy. Got a general question about four-wheel drive vehicles. I have a... Uh, 2014 Chevy Silverado. Mm-hmm. 
Darn. Okay, you call right back. I may have uh, trouble with phones right now. Give us a call back, and we'll put you back up to the top of the list there. And we were talking to the last gentleman about when to service a transmission. And like you said, Toyota may not recommend a service until 100,000 miles. But what will happen if you wait to then? Right. If you wait to then, oftentimes it's just too late. Damage has already been done. And, you know, we're finding that with a lot of the new vehicles. It's just they're putting that in the maintenance schedule just way, way too far out if it's in there at all i've seen some fords that are the service trans uh transmission service is not even in the maintenance schedule real good rule of thumb is still at that you know fifty thousand miles at the most right it's just the the cost of service is so low relative to the cost of a transmission right that it's just not even a good gamble at all in my opinion let's go back to our phone lines i think we've got stephanie again good morning stephanie good morning how are you doing doing great ma'am i have a two thousand 15 GMC terrain. Okay. And I went on a, on a trip to Texas. I'm in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. I went to Texas, Houston, Texas, and came back. And I used a different grade of fuel when I was in Texas, mm-hmm. regular. And when I came back, I ran it out and put my premium in it because that's what I run in my vehicle. Okay. Okay. And the, uh, what is that? Check engine light came on. Okay. So I don't know, and I took it, and where I work, we have an in-house mechanic. Mm-hmm. He's certified. And they did the diagnostic on it, and they said they had codes they never seen before. Hmm. They even looked them up. Yeah, well, you just need to get to someone who can check and tell you what's going on. I mean, I don't think the fuel had anything to do with it. It's one of those deals where if, you know, a man never, ever, ever eats a banana in his life, and he's 90 years old, and he eats a banana, and he dies the next day. It'll always be the banana that killed him. <laughs> you know, yeah. it, we just need to figure out what code it is. And, see, there are there are a lot of codes. What most people have the access to is what they call OBD2 codes, which are the emissions-related codes. But a GM product can set a bunch of other codes called unidentified codes. Some are manufacturer's codes. And if okay. you have a GM scan tool and you have the access to GM service data, then you can access that and you know where it is. You know, that's what we do at Agco. And, of course, there are a lot of other shops that can as well. But if a guy just has, like, a generic type code reader, he may not be able to see all that information. See, right. it, it could be a relationship or a correlation between computers even. You know, like the engine computer may not be talking to the body module. The body module may not be talking to the traction control or chassis module. And it can generate a lot of different codes and stuff that are not going to be emissions-related codes that you can just look up on the Internet or the average person would know what they are. And right. I'm sure it's probably something to do with that. Okay. Well, I did run across it when it's a mechanic, and he said it's an oxygen sensor okay. or something like that. Okay. Code. Could, could very I'm well breaking, be. taking it in Monday. Mm-hmm. For them to look at it, to look at it. Yeah, and you know, I, I would mention to them that you always, always run a certain type of fuel, and you did change before this happened, because the oxygen sensor is reading the unburned fuel in the exhaust. So it is possible that if it's okay. adapted to one type of fuel, it could cause that. So I wouldn't rule it out. I just don't think okay. it's necessarily the same, you know. And what might even be prudent is just to see if they can just clear the codes out, drive it, and see if it comes back on. Because okay, if okay. it doesn't come back on, then you're pretty much home free. If it does, then obviously you have to do something. Okay, okay. Thank you All very right. much. Yes, ma'am. Have a good weekend. Mm-hmm. Bye-bye. Bye. 
right, 291-6901 is the number. You want to be part of the Automotive Hour. We've got Marvin online. Good morning, Marvin. How are you this morning? Doing great. Look, I have a uh, 2003 Toyota Matrix, mm-hmm. and I bought it used, and it's got 116,000 miles on the transmission and on the car itself. And I want to know, is, would it be a good idea to change the transmission fluid and the filter or just leave it alone? You know, that old wise tale about if it's not done a long time, don't do it. I mean, that's like saying, well, I hadn't brushed my teeth in six months, so I ain't never going to brush them again. <laughs> you know, it, right. same exact thing. I mean, a, a proper service can never, ever, ever hurt it. it I mean, it would have been better if it was done sooner, but it hadn't, and that's a moot point. But, yeah, you can't hurt it by doing a service. It won't cause it to slip. I've heard, you know, like on Fords and Chevrolets, that Absolutely we got a lot of not. miles on them. No. What <laughs> happened is the lack of service and high miles that made them slip. And then they brought it in when it was slipping, hoping the service would fix it, and it didn't fix it, and it, it went out. It's like I talked to the last lady. I said, you know, if you never eat a banana in your life, at 90 years old, you eat a banana and you die the next day, it's always a banana that kills you. You, you went uh-huh. 150,000 miles, abused the transmission, and then you get it serviced and it goes out. Well, it was going to go out anyway. A right. proper service yeah. cannot ever, ever hurt it. Right. And, okay. you know, he's, and he's kind of some time. hitting on proper service. You got to realize there's, even within Toyota and within that transmission model, there's several different filters that change the filter design from year to year. So yeah, they said you, that you have to count the bolt pattern. And, yeah, you uh, have that, to, that determines it. You have to have somebody who knows what filter goes in there and doesn't put the wrong filter in there and then okay. doesn't cut the filter seal or O-ring during installation. You know, a lot of that come up with somebody doing the service wrong. You know, I, I had it serviced and now it's slipping. Well, that's because they service didn't. Service wasn't done, right? Yeah, they didn't get the seal in there or they cut it or you know, something was done wrong during the service. So you really want to have somebody who knows what they're doing and has the right parts, gets the right filter, and puts the right fluid back in there. There's a whole lot to it, you know, a lot more than just remove a filter, put a new filter on, and roll. Well, on the fluid, would you recommend using the Toyota fluid? or? Yes, uh, absolutely. It's probably, it's either going to be Toyota T4 or Toyota WS. Uh, whichever one it calls for, that's what you want to go back with. I see. I have, do you have time for one more question? Yeah, go ahead. My wife has a 2011 Camry, mm-hmm. and there's no dipstick, and there's right. uh How in the world do you change the filter or fluid on that? Cause same as all of them. No, it's same as all of them. I mean, you just don't have a, Most new transmissions do not have a dipstick any longer. Yeah, they, They've right. just taken it off because they don't want people fooling with them. <laughs> but, well, uh, the dealer says you don't need to change it. Well, that's because he's in the business of selling new cars. <laughs> I understand that too. <laughs> well, would you recommend changing that? I would do well, it every. I'd fi- do it at fifty thousand miles. I would do it every fifty thereafter. Fifty thousand, mm-hmm. yes, sir. And if it oh. hadn't been done, you got more than that. Then I'd do it now and do it every fifty after that. Okay, and they because they said that the transmission has a since you don't have a dipstick, you got to go by temperature and all that. Yes, you correct. Do. There's you a do. there's a fill plug, wherein you have to check it. It's probably going to be right around one hundred and ten, one hundred and twenty degree temperature uh-huh. range and the fluid has to be right at the bottom of that fill mark so yeah it still has a pan filter all all of that needs to be replaced it's just a little bit more difficult without the the fill tube and the dipstick to check the fluid level but it, yeah, it, it just, all still needs to be done it saves them a few dollars not putting a dipstick in and throws it back to you but almost every manufacturer's gone to that because when i talked contact the toyota dealer they mm-hmm. said well uh, nobody does that. That's that's ridiculous, you know. <laughs> well, we're, we're still doing it. But, yeah, uh, yeah they, they all do they, do it. They do, do it not, every day, yes, sir. They really okay. try to stay, avoid that transmission service, and 
you know, like Lewis said, uh, they're they're in the business of selling new cars. Yeah, I mean, so. if you get 120,000 miles on your car, you're pretty happy. And if a transmission goes out, you're very likely to go buy another car and not put a transmission in. So it kind of works out in their favor. Okay. I sure do appreciate the information. All right, sir. Thank you. Thank you very much. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Let's see. We've got Randy back online. Good morning, Randy. Good morning, Lewis. How are y'all today? Doing great, sir. Good morning. Uh, sorry. Phone call got dropped. <laughs> going back to my question. On a four-wheel drive vehicle, I have a 2014 Silverado 1500 Z71. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No issues with anything with transmission, transfer case, but just out of curiosity, is there typical driving? It stays in two-wheel drive. Mm-hmm. Use very seldom, you know, four-wheel drive, you know, pulling something or a couple times a year go up to Iowa and go hunting mm-hmm. in the snow. But should you put that in four-wheel drive routinely, say every 30 days or something, just to make sure the transfer case and everything is turning and lubricating or you know, I don't know same thing with the front it. end. I don't know about every 30 days, but, yeah, I mean, two, three times a year certainly would, would be good. Just, just turn everything. Most of it's turning anyway, Randy, and it's got a pump in that transfer case, so it's going to pretty much lube whether you use it or not, but certainly doesn't hurt. Now, the thing is you don't want to put it in four-wheel drive on the road on cement because that can do more damage than not doing it at all. When you're in four-wheel drive, it's got everything kind of locked together and something has to slip and with tires on concrete they don't slip that's why you get that horrible feeling where it's trying to pull back against you and all but if you can get some dirt or some gravel or some grass or something and put mm-hmm. it in four-wheel drive certainly wouldn't hurt yeah but and basically it is, it is designed to run without doing it but right I mean, most of that stays lubricated but i was kind of thinking more for the actuators and everything that, mm-hmm. that runs four-wheel allow the actuators to move right. in and out and the gears to shift okay all righty. Well, I appreciate the information, guys. Right. Y'all have a good day. Thanks, Thank man. You. Bye-bye. All right, we got to take one more quick little break. James and Trevor, hold on. You'll be up straight after this break. Got to run, Paul. I'm heading to Agco for my car's general inspection. I take it in once a year so the team at Agco can catch any potential problems early. And they remind me of important upcoming maintenance. Things like oil changes, changing my timing belt, tire wear. Yeah. A general inspection each year would be a great thing for my marriage. Paul, thanks for bringing Marie in for her general inspection. Overall, she's in great shape. I did dial back her shopping system to save you a little money, and her nag button was stuck, so I loosened that up so you can work on your golf game and not those honeydews. As far as preventive maintenance, you've got a big anniversary coming up in April, so put that on your calendar, and I'd suggest flowers for no reason and more compliments. And Agco saved me thousands of dollars. Paul? Paul, are you listening? Oh, oh, yeah, sorry. Sounds like I need to take Marie, I mean my car, into Agco for a general inspection. Keep your car on the road longer. Schedule your general inspection today at Agco Automotive. Agco, it's the place to go. Hey, welcome back to the final segment of the Automotive Hour. I'm your host, Lewis Aldersand, president of Agco Automotive. Got our automatic transmission tech here, Mr. Josh Wilson, by my side. And between two of us, we'll try to answer any questions you may have. We've got Trevor's been patiently holding. Good morning, Trevor. How you doing? Doing great, sir. I don't have a transmission question. It's okay. another one. Sure. 2011 Ford F-150 mm-hmm. with the EcoBoost, 100,000 miles. I got the time and chain rattle at startup. Okay. What do I need to do? Man, that's a big, big deal. First off, <laughs> you want to make sure that that is what it is because there are some things on the outside that can sound a lot like that. So what I would do just to diagnose that is get the vehicle in cold, ice cold. You know, If I were going to do it, I'd want to have the vehicle brought in the dike before. 
first thing I do is take the serpentine belt off temporarily, crank it up, and make sure the noise is still there. Because some of the engine accessories can make a very similar noise. You want to make sure you got the proper diagnosis. If you have the proper diagnosis, I mean, basically the whole front of the motor's got to come down, got either two or more timing chains, depending on if it's a three-valve or a two-valve engine. You change the chains, the guides, the tensioners, and some people change the phasers, which are the little actuators. I normally don't change those because they're easy to come back and change later, and they're kind of expensive, so I generally roll the dice on those if they're not given a problem because I can always come back later and change them easily without taking it back apart. Okay. You're looking at about a day or two of repair work? There? Yeah, about, about a day and a half in the shop. But like okay. I said, I would want to get it in to someone that I knew and trusted the day before, leave it with them, and if it were at all possible, I'd like to go up there next morning when they crank it up just so I could point out the noise too and make sure they're hearing what I'm hearing. Because yeah. there are some things that can sound just like a timing chain. I mean, that is a common problem on the engine. But a lot of mechanics kind of jump to the conclusion that's it because it is common. But yeah. we had one coming the other day. Guy swore that was what it was. Said, man, I've already had diagnosed, blah, 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 blah. And his dad said, hey, you're going to take it to AGCO regardless. He brought it in, and the harmonic balancer was about to come apart. The rubber and the harmonic balancer deteriorated, and that pulley would rattle. And for some reason, once it warmed up, it didn't do it as much. But, you know, we changed the harmonic balancer, which is almost nothing compared to changing those timing chains to fix the problem. So you just want to make sure you got a proper diagnosis on it. Okay. If it is the, if it is the time of change, I've heard different things like just because they change them and change out all those other parts, it's not guaranteed that it won't happen again. Well, where we see the problem coming in on that is the type of filter you use and type of oil. That engine is going to call for 5W20 synthetic blend, and that's what needs to be in there. I wouldn't be going out anywhere close to Ford's recommendations. I would be changing that all based on my use. And if I'm doing a lot of short drives, you know, five miles, 10 miles or less, I'd be changing all over 3,000 miles. If you're pushing out longer trips, like 25, 30 miles at a time, you might go out yeah. four or 5,000 miles. But if you put the right oil, the right filter, I'd be using a Motocraft filter on it, nothing else, and I don't think you'll have any more trouble. At least we've never had problems with any ones we've done after you know, we, we make the yeah. changes and recommendations. I use, I use a Motocraft filter and other uh, synthetic mobile one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's yeah. good, good. And like I said, just don't want to push the changes out too long. Ford is a little optimistic on those oil changes. Once that oil starts to break down, it's just not protecting light. I mean, it may not burn the engine up, but you're not protecting all the stuff. The, the viscosity starts to shear in it. The tensioners don't work as good. But, yeah, base your oil changes on the way you use the truck. You know, short trips need more often changes. Long trips, you can go a little further. I got you. So you would need it a couple of days to, to make sure. Right? Yes, sir, I would. I'd want to make absolutely sure that I was going after the right problem. I mean, feel real silly. Put that thing all the way back together and still have the same rattle. <laughs> I understand. I appreciate your time. Thank all right, you. sir. Thank you. Bye-bye. All right, let's see. I think we've got time for one more call. We've got James online. Good morning, James. Yeah, good morning, fellas. Yes, sir. I got a 2011 GMC pickup, mm-hmm. and uh, I drove it to Jackson the other day, and the light come on and said, uh, service traction. Okay. And service uh, stability. Stability track, yes, sir. Mm-hmm. Does that hurt anything or anything like that? Well, it's a problem in the system, and it's not going to get better. It's not going to heal up. Yes, I mean, it may still drive the same. That's a system that when you start to lose control of the vehicle, like it starts to slip or slide, it makes adjustments to help it from doing that. Now, oh, if it's okay. not slipping and sliding, obviously you're not going to notice that the malfunction's there, but if you get in a situation where you need it, it's not going to work. 
it can it. also, if it goes completely down, it can make the check engine light come on because it can't communicate. So I would have it looked into. It'll have a code stored in memory. It'll be in the history in the chassis module. You just have to go in and see what it is. Doesn't necessarily mean it's a big deal. It could be something fairly simple, but then again, it could be something bigger. But you need to find out what the codes are, do a little bit of detective work, find out what the problem is, and fix it because it's not going to go away. And under certain conditions, it can shut your throttle down. You know, you may be driving along on the interstate, and all of a sudden, wham, it won't go over 25 miles an hour. And that's right. real inconvenient. But if it thinks the vehicle's out of control, it's going to shut the throttle down. So it's definitely something you want to have looked into. Okay. All right. Y'all can do it, can't you? Yes, sir, can. Anything, anything okay. on that truck? Okay. I'll bring it by and let you look at it. Okay. Sounds great. All right. Thank you. Thank you, sir. Bye-bye. Have a good day. Mm-hmm. All right. I tell you, we're just about out of time. I don't know if we've got time for any more calls, but we got time to we've got a couple of minutes. chat it up yeah. from it. And, you know, we talked a good deal about transmissions. And, and, again, the only reason to do a transmission service is because it is less expensive than not doing it. That's right. It's going to give you a longer life for your transmission. Mm-hmm. All of the failures that we're seeing now, or most of the failures that we're seeing now, are wear-related. Mm-hmm. You know, the valves that are being worked so hard in the valve body, they just wear out the they, valve body. They wear out the bore, and then oil starts leaking through there and giving you slips and and lack of oil pressure where it needs to be when you start to see symptoms it's too late that's right you can't wait till you see symptoms you have to address this so as that fluid gets dirty and is carrying you know little little uh, amounts of debris you know that accelerates the wear oh absolutely so if you can keep nice good clean fluid in there that's really going to extend the life of your transmission right. it's just cheaper to do it than not do it that's right so, hey y'all tell everybody how much we appreciate them listening this morning and every saturday morning on automotive hour if you listen to us on podcast we appreciate you doing so and wish you give us a written review that'll move us up in the ranking so more people can listen to us there you go, <laughs> there you go. preceding was opinion based on our experience in the automotive industry have a great weekend